0: Supply Chain Sustainability is in fashion, but not so much in the fashion industry. Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. The fashion apparel supply chain is hugely complex, consisting of multiple tiers of suppliers, mills, manufacturers, and distributors located all over the globe. So it should come as no surprise that apparel retailers have poor visibility into that extended supply chain, making it difficult to meet standards for environmental responsibility and compliance with human rights. On today's episode, we'll get a glimpse into just how good or bad a job they're doing with the help of Vivek Ramachandran. CEO of Sarai, the creator of a B2B platform linking brands and their suppliers. Sarai's recent report, entitled Moving the Needle, Threading a Sustainable Future for Fashion, surveyed more than 200 companies globally. It found that fewer than half understand the full scope of their supply chains, choosing instead to sacrifice transparency for a focus on cost and efficiency. That's changing, however and we'll talk about what has to happen for the fashion apparel business to catch up with the push for true and lasting sustainability in the supply chain. Here's my conversation with Vivek Ramachandran. Vivek Ramachandran, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thanks, Bob. And thank you for being with me. I really appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about this new report called Moving the Needle, Threading a Sustainable Future for Fashion. What were you out to do with that? Who did you survey? There's a huge
1: emphasis across the world today in every industry on sustainability. What we wanted to do is understand how equipped is the fashion industry to meet their sustainability targets and to take sustainability seriously. The first step to achieving any target is being able to measure where you are. So our starting point was how much does the industry know about itself? How well do companies understand their supply chains? How well equipped are companies to actually stay on top of their suppliers and their suppliers' credentials? So our starting point was supply chain transparency. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: surveyed over 200 companies across the world Pretty much representative of what the industry looks like. Half the companies in Asia, slightly over a quarter from the US and the rest from Europe. Planning individuals through those companies from C suite, sourcing and procurement, business development and solution providers, and by size. It is a genuine snapshot of where the industry is. And the objectives were twofold. The first is to get a lay of the land. Where is the industry? How it equipped are companies? And the second, is to make a call for action and incentivize people to tackle this challenge of transparency quite seriously because if you can't measure it, you definitely can't manage it. So that was the purpose of the report and what we focused on.
0: Okay, so tell me what is the biggest takeaway from the survey in terms of something that came to you as a surprise or some major conclusion that came out of this that you might not have expected? What did you learn about the industry from this survey?
1: Three big things jumped out at me. Unsurprisingly, everyone talked about how important this is and how it's a priority for them. So that wasn't a surprise because we knew that going in. But the three things that jumped out is, one, how few companies genuinely understand their supply chains. So less than one in five companies can actually trace their products going into their supply chain and have visibility into not who is in their supply chain. And this includes the world's largest brands and manufacturers, who don't actually know who is in their supply chain and can't prove it. The second is the reliance on manual effort. Even the companies that do have some supply chains on spancy are doing it manually. That feels absurd that we're in 2021 and companies are collecting data using spreadsheets, email exchange, and a lot of human effort, but that's a reality. And the third, I think, were the perceived challenges. And I say perceived because the reality is different. So most companies who felt this is too big a challenge to tackle said it's because of the cost, it's because of the amount of time it's going to take. And unsurprisingly, if you are going to be doing things manually, yes, it's going to be expensive, but technology exists today to help companies do it in a smarter way. So how few companies actually have visibility into their supply chain, the reliance on manual effort and the perceived barriers to actually tackling it. So those were the three big findings that surprised me and how consistent it was across the sample base. Most companies are trying to do something about it, but it's less than half the companies who feel they'll get there in the next three years. So over half the sample feel they'll get there, but not till 2027, which is quite a long way away.
0: It is. It's an eternity these days. So... uh Let's take the issue of visibility and the fact that few of these companies understood the complexity and sourcing of their supply chains. Is that something that is particularly unique to the apparel industry? Is there something about this particular industry that makes it especially challenging to achieve that level of visibility all the way throughout the supply chain?
1: The apparel industry has an incredibly fragmented supply chain. It's also a supply chain that's quite labor dependent. So the motivation has been cost minimization. So efficiency has been the singular objective of how supply chains in this industry has evolved over decades. They've met that objective, but the price they've paid is lack of transparency. That said, I think it would be the same finding in any other industry with fragmented supply chains, so food and agriculture, retail more broadly, FMCG. There would be some industries where you've got big OEM manufacturers, like automotive, where I think you have more transparency. But tracing materials all the way down to the country of origin, I would venture to say it's going to be true in every industry we look at, just will have different flavors on what the challenges are.
0: Is there something unique about this industry, though, to the extent that there's so much subcontracting and multiple tiers of producers and suppliers, some of which are completely invisible to the end buyer? Is that something that marks this, this industry in particular?
1: Yes, the so subcontracting, I think, is quite unique to Apparel. But I'm pretty sure when you look at the food industry, the farms from which the food come and versus where the seeds are meant to have been sent are going to be quite different too. So subcontracting is definitely one feature. The second feature is how unsophisticated the upstream suppliers, are. So furthest upstream in this industry tend to be the farms for cotton as an example. So extracting data is incredibly difficult. So some of the mills we talked to, they don't even have ERP systems which generate purchase orders. Their verbal contracts are WhatsApp or WeChat contracts between buyer and seller. So subcontracting, for good and bad reasons, is, exists in this industry, and the level of digital adoption is very, very low.
0: And when raw materials come from individual farms or sources, and then they're gathered together as a group at, say, a mill... It becomes invisible, does it not, as to where the individual sources were? You just have the mill itself as the next tier. So is it the case that a lot of apparel manufacturers can't see any farther beyond the mill because it's sourcing from so many different places?
1: Today, that's definitely true. But I think with a distributed platform solution, it makes it easier for the individual sources to contribute data. So our clear message to the industry is this is going to be a journey. You're not going to get all the data you want in the next year, but you have to embark on the journey and you have to do it in a collaborative way. So if all you're doing is collecting data and there's no incentive for the data provider, the industry will never get out of this mess in terms of having opaqueness. You need to incentivize the data provider, either by giving them more business or by giving them recognition for the relationship that they can benefit from. And then you can have a distributed database. The simplest analogy is think about how LinkedIn works today. Gone are the days where we collect Rolodexes of business cards and walk around with our, physical con- our contacts in a physical form. There's only one person accountable for keeping my LinkedIn up to date, and that's me. That's the world we want to get to, where the farmers, the yarn suppliers, the fabric mills, and the manufacturers upload data on their terms. They decide who sees it, and they incentivize to do it.
0: What is the price that these companies are paying for their lack of visibility and control? I take it, obviously, it's cost is one big thing. Also, human rights and concerns about that. I mean, how do they think that they're suffering or at a disadvantage because of this problem that you've identified in your survey?
1: The most physical impact to the U.S. companies today is shipments being stopped at the border. Because they can't prove country of origin. So there are withhold and release orders that the US Customs and Border Protection Agency has in place. And a lot of companies are struggling to meet the requirements where the burden of proof is on them to prove the absence of cotton from Sinjian, for example, or to prove the country of origin. The second is you do have a whole new sway of consumers, whether they're Gen Z consumers or just more environmentally conscious consumers who care about where their products are made. And I think if you don't give them the transparency and the confidence that you not just know who's in your supply chain, but you take accountability for their actions, you're likely to miss out on a chunk of that market. And thirdly, ESG investment, uh, investing is becoming bigger. Banks are trying to finance sustainable products. So you're going to miss out on investor opportunities. You're going to miss out on financing opportunities. So it's not just the cost of not doing things the wrong way. It's the opportunity of doing the right things the right way, which companies are going to miss out on.
0: Do these companies feel that the ultimate consumer is starting to care more about environmental and social governance issues than they might have before, whereas before all they cared about was getting a piece of uh, a sweater or something super cheap? Is that attitude on the part of the consumer changing to the extent that these companies are being strongly motivated to take action toward achieving the kind of visibility we're talking about here to address that concern?
1: Definitely. I mean, consumers are becoming more vocal and are expressing their preferences with their wallets. So they're definitely going to be missing out, and consumers are making personal choices, depending on transparency or depending on allegations, of whether it's forced labor, whether it's carbon, whether it's water. This industry has got quite a few issues to deal with. The pain point that's very physical to them is regulations. So I think Stella McCartney at COP26 put it really well when she said this is one of the few industries that is the largest polluters in the world, but has no regulations. Mm -hmm. There's no incentive, but there's equally no penalty for doing the wrong thing or doing the right thing, as the case may be. So the industry needs regulation. And Germany, as an example, just passed a Supply Chain Due Diligence Act, not specific to the fashion industry, but the fashion industry is going to be one of the industries that struggles to meet it, wherein companies need to attest, to the absence of any forced labor anywhere in their supply chain. It's very difficult to attest to something when you don't know who's in your supply chain. And that's why transparency is so important. And that's why waiting for 2027 to build transparency is way too late. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: if you don't know who's in your supply chain for the next five years, you definitely can't enforce any change in your supply chain.
0: So apparel is being called to task much in the way that high-tech products makers are being called with regard to conflict minerals and the like. The same issue is now spread into the apparel industry as well, correct?
1: Exactly. And I think the pressure for change is going to forced labor is very topical today. Carbon is going to become the next issue. And if you take the big global brands and uh, retailers, a majority, an overwhelming majority of their carbon emissions are going to be what are going to be what we call scope free emissions. So emissions from their supply chains as opposed to the emissions from them directly. And they're going to be held accountable for that. Change is coming. You either act upon it on your terms, get proactive, and get your shop in order, then you can share information on your terms, or you're going to be jumping through multiple hoops that other people set for you.
0: So this is what you say to companies that talk about what you refer to as perceived challenges of cost and time. A company saying, I'm sorry, but we're a low-margin business. We cannot afford the cost and time to make these gigantic changes. Really, you're saying they have no choice.
1: Yes, you are going to have to make these changes. And when you do it on somebody else's terms, you're going to be fighting one fire after the next. And it's true, obviously true for the brands and retailers, but definitely for the leading manufacturers. And in the report, we actually talked to manufacturers who've taken the view that we don't need to wait for our buyers to ask for it. This is important to us. This is where the industry is going, and this is what's going to set us apart. So we are going to trace all the materials going into our product. We are going to understand all the suppliers who we deal with, and that will give our buyers confidence to hopefully do more business with us.
0: So what about possible technology solutions to achieving the kind of visibility that is necessary that we're talking about here today. We hear about certain solutions out there, but just in general, what's out there that companies can take, take advantage of that could really help?
1: My main message is the technology to do this exists today. You don't need futuristic tech. The challenge with the industry is most companies have proprietary systems where you have centralized databases and the data doesn't flow in and out of systems quite easily. So platform-based technology, which can plug into your existing systems. You don't need to change your processes. Platform-based systems, which allow different people to see data on terms that you specify. Because it's highly unlikely the global fashion industry will settle on one standard for validation or one compliance standard. So you are going to want different partners to check data and to validate data. And it's a system that can be easy to use. So you can upload data on your terms either manually or you can integrate with your systems. You should be able to configure it. So the technology to do this exists today. And once your data comes into a a common system, we know there's going to be incredible power from being able to analyze that data. And most companies haven't even started thinking about how they can use data to their advantage. So the tech exists today, platform-based, interoperable, and user-friendly. It's just adoption.
0: User-friendly is interesting because we do have, as we say, multiple tiers of suppliers getting back to some relatively unsophisticated entities at the very beginning of the supply chain. Are they capable of adopting this technology in a way that will allow for the flow of that data from the very beginning? Is that an issue or not?
1: It is definitely an issue, and not everyone's going to be able to do it immediately. But what we know from individual technology adoption is – to misquote Hemingway, how does the world change slowly, then suddenly? So you get the early adopters on, and then pretty soon other people will follow suit. And if you just think about how you and I use technology, or even one generation before us uses technology, it happens very quickly. So you're never going to get all everybody using platform-based technology to share data on day one. But the more people who come on, the greater the incentive for others to actually join. And the more data that's shared the greater the incentive for people to seek data. So I think that virtuous circle is what needs to change in the industry. And you will have multiple solutions. They need to be able to coexist and extract data from each other and share data from each other. Because at the end of the day, the platforms that companies use should not own the data. Companies should own their data. Mm -hmm. And the platform should facilitate how the companies share their data. That's a core principle, I think, that technology must serve.
0: One of the types of technology it is very much in fashion today, no pun intended, is blockchain. Does that figure into the picture right now or
1: not? When we talk about blockchain, there are three components to it. It's a distributed database, it's secure, and it's immutable. The security and the immutability of a blockchain have to be central to any solution that's being built. We don't necessarily need a distributed database. You can have centralized databases. So... Components of a blockchain technology will be integral to how the industry solves the issue of transparency and visibility, but I'm not sure you always need a distributed database to do that.
0: Vivek Ramachandran, I want to thank you so much for taking time to share with me the results of this survey by Sarai. These are some very valuable and eye-opening conclusions and give us hope that perhaps this industry can achieve the level of visibility and control that it is Hoping for in future. Thanks again for your time. Really appreciate your being with me.
1: Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: That was my conversation with Vivek Ramachandran of Sarai, talking about transparency and sustainability in fashion apparel supply chain. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com. We repost a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, follow us on Twitter at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com Stay well.